Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. In the Light is a nine-week study where we'll see the power and presence of light seen throughout Scripture. Here's Jacqueline. Um, we are on week two of In the Light. Week one was good. That was a good start of Scripture. Scripture is so powerful. It's so alive. And the Spirit is so faithful, isn't he? When we open Scripture, the Spirit shows up. And he has a message. The Spirit always has something to say about the Word of God. And I love that John 1 tells us that Jesus is the Word from the beginning. That's who we get to talk about. We're going to talk about Jesus being the light and how exactly he does that um, today. So before we open up into scripture, we can open in prayer and then we'll go to the word of God. Heavenly Father, I love, I love those, the many, many gifts that you've given to us every day in and of itself is a gift from you. I pray that we will always remember that despite what season we're in, whether we're in a season of sorrow, a season of joy, that moment we wake up each day, such a grand, grand gift from you. We could go through the list of every gift that you've given us, every, every gift. And I pray that our hearts and our heads are going through a list right now. And I pray that we'll lay that list of thankfulness before the throne, before the very creator of every single gift that we're saying thank you for today. One thing I want to say thank you for specifically is the gift of laughter. It's such a beautiful thing. It's so healing. It's so much fun. I thank you for every girl that is here today, every giggle that was shared today, every laughter that encouraged the heart that is sitting next to them. I thank you for the gift of women, the gift of girlfriends, the gift of laughter itself. I pray for our girls who are home who are not feeling well. I pray for our girls who are listening via podcast, via video. I pray that you will be with them. I pray that you will fill their day with the joy of the Lord. Father God, I pray that you'll give them an opportunity even today to laugh with among the family of God, to share the joy of all things that we call Jesus. I pray that you'll be with us as we open up scripture today. Be with Matthew. I pray that you be with Matthew chapter 5, specifically verses 14, 15, and 16. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will open our eyes. I pray that you will open our ears. And I pray that we will hear the truth of the word of God today, right now. This is my prayer. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 5. We talked in week 1 that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. We talked in week one that Jesus is the light of the world. And that sentence is amazing. I've been thinking about that sentence all week. The concept that we don't have control over the light of Jesus Christ. I can't falter it. I can't change the light of God. Even on those dark days, God is there. Even in the valley, God's light is God's light. It's the light of God, always. That's amazing to me because sometimes I think it's so hard to grasp. And this is what I've been thinking this week is sometimes we don't see God's light. Sometimes there are those moments that we're on our knees and we're in our prayer time and we can physically visually see the light of God, just in awe. And then there's days that we're driving around town and we're like, huh, not really seeing God's light, and I am certainly not seeing it in my car, because <laughs> I'm really irritated with those people. <laughs> 
so our vision changes, doesn't it? Our vision changes, therefore we think, well, God's light is dim right now. We focus on what we see on television through news and commercials, and we think, oh, God's light is dim. Is it dim? It's not dim. God's light hasn't changed at all. Sometimes we listen on what we focus on what we hear, and we hear all this intake, and we think, oh, God's light is dim. There's so much darkness in the world. There's so much darkness in my thoughts. There's so much darkness in my head. There's so much darkness in my heart and my marriage and my home. God's light is just dim. Colossians tells us to set your eyes on things where? Above. When we set our eyes on things above, it helps us see the light. The light does not change ever. God never changes. His light never changes. What changes is the same thing Peter experienced on the water. What are we setting our eyes on? It's a good personal challenge, a lifelong personal challenge, that anytime you feel like, okay, I'm not seeing the light as clearly as I did that day I got saved, or as clearly as I did when I was in the midst of that one study. You ever have that? Oh, I did this one study, and during that study, I felt so embraced. Why isn't that always our, our existence? Why isn't that always? Because well, it's a lot of work, isn't it? It's a lot of work to keep this. Because people, <laughs> people exist. <laughs> Can we blame others? Adam did, Eve did. We blame, we blame others. The fact of the matter is the reason we feel like the light of God changes is because our vision has changed. Our hearing has changed. And I think that's why scripture says so often, Jesus speaks specifically in the gospels and the disciples repeat him throughout um, Revelation specifically. Those who have ears to hear, let them do what? What are you supposed to do? Hear. We need to always hear, always, always hear. We need to always hear the word of God. Always do we need to hear the word of God. Always, always. Do you hear that word? professionals sometimes say, don't ever say always and never, unless you're talking about Jesus, then always. He always says always, and he always says never. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. This is where our ears need to be attuned to, always. So when we're talking about the light of God, we need to always focus on the word of God, always. So, so how do I do that? Well, we have technology in our pockets at all times. We have the Word of God via the Bible app, on our phone, on our iPad, on our computer, at all times. At all times. We have a book. We are thanking God in our opening prayer for things that God has given to us. He gave us a, a tangible gift. That's amazing to me. He has given us a tangible gift. How often does this sit on your lap? Can I ask that question? And I pray that we answer this in our heart. We are so good at setting up our, and forgive me if I'm going on a little um, tangent, but I pray that the Spirit uses this in our hearts. But sometimes we set up our prayer corner and we set up our Bible study corner and that's where we meet with God. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Do that, have your prayer closet, have your Bible study corner. That's wonderful. What happens when you leave your corner? life. We leave our corner and people are there. We leave our corner and situations are there. We leave our corner and work is happening and traffic is happening and life. 
we leave our corner. What happens if we make it a habit that we take this tangible gift, this physical book, that we pick it up and we take it with us? Well, I'm just going to work, good. Make it a habit. When you're in the car, put it on your lap. Ever thought about that? Curious what would happen. Curious if you'll think more about what is open on your lap. If you're driving with Matthew chapter five, open on your lap while you're driving, you're not reading it. <laughs> Side note, don't read and drive. It's like texting and driving. Don't do that. But if your Bible is open, there's power when this book is open and it's sitting on your lap and you're driving and you're thinking about, well, when I was in my corner, I was talking about God, about his light, and I was studying Matthew 5 and I'm not done in that corner because I have to live another 24 hours before I get back to that corner. I have life going on. I'm going to open up my Bible where I had it open in my corner and I'm taking it with me physically and I'm going to drive around town. And while I'm driving around town, I'm thinking about the word of God and my ears are open. Think about that. You're at work and you've got a desk job. Where's your Bible? You're at a meeting. Where's your Bible? Well, I can't keep my Bible on my table at the restaurant. Is there a law? <laughs> as far as I know, there isn't a law against that. You don't have to open it. It might not even be needed at the table, but it's needed in your life, isn't it? That conversation that's going to be happening at that dinner table today, you're uncertain about. Anybody ready to sit at a table with somebody and you're praying in the depths of your heart, God, I don't know what's going to happen over this conversation. Maybe if you have your strength, your sword sitting right there next to you and you're having this conversation, that human is there and you've been praying for a week over this conversation. Let's talk. And you've got your strength. It's the sword of the Lord, isn't it? It's Ephesians tells us. This is our sword. Take it with you. Don't leave your sword in the corner where you meet with God. Take your sword with you. We're warriors. A warrior doesn't go to battle without his armor. Unless you're David. Then you pick up some rocks. That's a different study. How fun would that be? Throw stones at people and be like, I'm just David. Just call me David. Okay, I have a 16-year-old boy. That's where that one went. They would like that Bible study. Take the word of God with you. And perhaps that sister advice will help this lesson in scripture be easier to receive. Is that fair to say? Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Jesus, Jesus who is the light of the world, says these words to those who have ears to hear, to those who are willing to hear. These are the words he says. He says, you, you are the light of the world, period. You are the light of the world. If we go back to John, I don't know how many of us read John chapter three. We talked about that as a little personal challenge last week. I don't know how many of us read that. I have a feeling many of us could read it in our heads, especially when I say the reference John three sixteen. Many of us can quote that and read it in our heads as we speak. For God so loved what? The world. For God so loved the world. And then we know the rest of the verse. If you do not know John 3, 16, that is a great start in your personal memorization goal. John 3, 16. 
It says, for God so loved the world. If we grab that sentence and this sentence of what Jesus Christ, who is the eternal son of God, who is part of the Godhead, who created the world, according to Genesis 1-1, God created the world. God so loved the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And then that exact God from all of eternity says, you are the light, what? Of the very thing that God created, you are the light of the very thing God created. You are the light of the very thing that God so loved. Do you love your world? That's an ouch. That's a hard, hard question. Again, it's on the way we view things. It's on the way we hear things. We think of the world and we think of darkness. And forgive me if I'm putting words into your mouth, I'm just saying how I feel. When I look, when I think of the world that I live in, my society, my culture, I don't feel the love of God and me. May I confess that out loud? I don't th stand next to God and say, oh, God so loved this world. And I don't gush next to him and say, God, I love your world. Like I'm feeling super convicted right now at that very thought. God so loved the world. God, the creator of the world, loved the world so much that he asked his son, will you leave what we have and go? Take the light of eternity into the world, will you? And Jesus says, yes, I submit to you, God the Father. And Jesus came in the flesh to be the very light to the world that they loved so much. Jesus knew he was here for a moment but he knew that he wasn't going to be coming again until soon happens. And there needed to be something between Jesus's first coming and Jesus's second coming to tell the world how much God loves them. Jesus needed something, something to stand in the gap. He needed something. You. You are the light of the world. In between Jesus' first coming and in between Jesus' second coming, oh, Lord Jesus, come. Do we not want to declare that every day? Come, Lord Jesus. He's coming again. We know he's coming again. And in between his first visit and in between his second visit, God has created something to declare how much he loved the world. And that's you and you and you and you and you and you and me and you and you and you and you and you. And the beautiful thing about this truth is it's our truth the day you got saved. So last week we talked about, do you remember the day you received Jesus as your savior? And some of us are saying, I remember, I remember it was August 7th, 1994, or whatever the date may be. We have a date. Some of us say, I don't have a date, but I remember that season in my life. And we remember that season and we go, that's when I put my faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Some of us remember a year. Some of us remember an age. Some of us remember the conversation, the person who led us to Jesus. Whatever that memory is, when you know that you know that you're going to heaven because of Jesus. That day... When you just turned from darkness to light in your spiritual life, when you were what's called an infant in Christ, not now as a strong, 
studious Bible student. But that day that you received Jesus as your Savior in your newness in Christ, you were therefore the light of the world. Can you wrap your head around that? Think about that person that you were the day you got saved. Hmm. I don't want to. I have worked all these years to not remember that girl. That girl in the eyes of God was told the same sentence that the girl sitting in your seat today is being told. Does that make sense? You were, that day you got saved, the light of the world. You were the image of God's light that was demonstrated through the blood and resurrection of Jesus Christ is you, not in you, you. See the difference? It's not a light switch. Okay, I'm gonna be the light today. Um, right now, I'm not gonna be the light. Wouldn't that be nice? Tuesday at two, I'm the light. <laughs> Friday at 10. <laughs> we think we have control of it. We think our sin and our darkness and our sorrow can dim the light of God. Scripturally, we can't, we know that. But we also think that we can dim the light that is us in our salvation through Jesus Christ. But it doesn't say that we have the option of controlling the light that we are. It says you are the light of the world. You are. You are at all times, no matter where you are, no matter who you're talking to, no matter what's going on, you are the light of the world. Anybody else having memories in their heads from this last week and feeling a little like you want to curl your toes? I'm literally curling my toes under my warm snow boots. Because for those who are not here live, it's snowing outside. It's crazy outside. We are the light of the world, always. Even when we don't want to be. Even when we think, oh, well, when I'm with this person, nah, I don't really need to be the light of the world. Even when we behave and catch this, even when we behave in our flesh, and we behave as if we are not the light of the world, do you know what you still are? You are still the light of the world. Isn't that amazing? Oh, how God loved the world. How much God loves us and trusts us. He trusts us with this task. And it's a task that's almost too big to comprehend. And I pray that this week we take time to comprehend it. I'm still trying to comprehend this. That me, as I am, where I am, that I'm the light of the world. And it's easy to say that when, oh, well, you are a Bible teacher. So on Thursday morning at 10 o'clock and I'm sitting on my little wooden stool and my Bible is open, it's easy relatively to say, I am the light of the world. I get to testify of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Blows me away every time. But did you know I don't do this 24 hours a day? <laughs> but 24 hours a day, I am the light of the world. That's what God has trusted us with. Here's what Jesus says. Verse 14, once again, see yourself. I pray that you see yourself as you are, where you are. And see how important it is to not be alone. God has given us so many gifts. One of the gifts he has given to us as a family, a family of God. Don't go thinking about that family member that you're like, ah, 
<laughs> stay in stay in scripture. God has given us, given us a family. He says, you, you are the light of the world. His very next sentence, he says, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. When it's night out and you look up at the mountain, it's easy for us here in the Treasure Valley because we live literally in a valley and we've got beautiful mountains around us. And when we drive at night, even last night, you could see the lights on the, on the hill. If there was just one light on that hill, could you see it? That's you. You are the light of the world. That's you. I pray that you visualize that. That all day, every day, you picture that. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. When there's that one light on in the darkness, you can see that light. That's how bright you are. No matter what time of day it is, no matter who is around you, that's how bright you are. That's your truth. You're like, but that's the truth. Jesus is truth. In him is no darkness at all. He declares you are the light of the world. Are you going to say, nah, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to tell Jesus he's wrong. If you want to, go ahead. That's between you and Jesus. I'm going to stay over here on my stool. <laughs> now picture that one light being surrounded by a city of lights. How bright is that hill? Anybody else? A little bit of goosebumps? I think of our women and women inseparable, how bright this room is when we gather together on Thursday morning. Isn't it bright? We, we look, we giggle when it comes to Thursday morning. I got some text messages this morning. Is it canceled? <laughs> so we sent out a mass email. It's not canceled. If you have a trustworthy vehicle, come. If not, stay home. We're recording it. You'll get this. This, when we get together as a unit of women declaring we are inseparable from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, the light in this room is amazing. It's so powerful. It carries us through the week. Anybody else notice that? That what happens on Thursday morning in Women Inseparable, it carries us in strength. It carries us in smiles. It carries us in joy. It carries us in the word of God. It carries us proclaiming the name of Jesus for a whole week of existence. That's a powerful light. And then we come back. And sometimes we come back on Thursday tired. Anybody stepped in this room tired? Overwhelmed. Heavy burdened and we join our city of light again, and we go. Jesus says, you are the light of the world, singular. A city, the beauty of a city set on a hill cannot, it cannot be hidden. It cannot be hidden. I wonder if we put that on our mirror. My light cannot be hidden. If that would change our behavior, maybe. Maybe we should write that so we drive around town our Bible is open on our lap and a little note on our dashboard. My light cannot be hidden. <laughs> My light cannot be hidden. It can't be hidden. <laughs> <laughs> practice, right? Aren't we supposed to practice? Isn't it exercise? It's hard. It's hard to change our brain. 
But if we can change our brain to the fact of the matter that you are the light of the world and you repeat that and you repeat that and you repeat that and that becomes your identity instead of saying sentences like, oh, I failed, oh, I failed, oh, I messed up, oh, my speech, oh, my habits, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my, me, 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 me. Instead, we're constantly saying, constantly thinking, constantly hearing, constantly believing, I am the light of the world and I have no control over the light of God. And I don't want control over the light of God. It cannot be hidden. As I am where I am, God, I'm yours. All day, all day. May we put this next to our bed so when we wake up in the morning, that hard day that sits before us, that's our wake up thought. And we remember, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. Oh, but wait, I have an identity. I have a purpose. I have a reason. It's Jesus. That's a good way to start a day, isn't it? But I'm telling you right now, having a happy poster, the little kitty saying, hang in there, on our wall, if it stays on that wall, we only remember it when we're in that corner with that wall. Does that make sense? You have to take it with you. You have to. Personal challenge? From my heart, I ask you to take this challenge seriously. We don't do homework and I offer personal challenges and I don't know if I ever check up on personal challenges because it's personal. <laughs> you can tell me if you did it or not and I'll rejoice with you. But that's between you and Jesus. I'm not, nobody is going to call you today and say, did you do Women Inseparable's personal challenges today? We're not gonna do that, but this I am imploring as your sister in Christ, will you practice this habit? Will you pray about practicing this habit? I'm like, but, but I'm not used to that, okay? I don't know what I would do if I had a physical sword in my hand. One of my girlfriends, a girl on our team, her son is 16, and he just bought, a, and I'm not gonna try to say the name of the sword. Do you remember the name of the sword? Some sword that can slice through a pineapple. Uh-huh, no effort. Just, and it's gone. Through a watermelon. Watermelon split in half. He likes his sword. He doesn't take it with him everywhere he goes, because, you know, <laughs> there's rules. He goes to a school. You can't. But there isn't a rule against the word of God. Take the word of God. Adult woman, there's no rule over you saying you cannot carry the sword of the Lord. Take it with you. Open it. Open it. But I don't know if I have time to read it. Okay? Step one, take it with you. Wherever you are, take it with you. Step two, open it. Literally, when you're laying down in bed, open your Bible, set it on your bed. If, the, if you don't have other humans sharing your bed and rolling over onto your Bible, <laughs> I, I, I practice this often. Open your Bible and I leave it when my husband's working nights, which praise Jesus, his schedule has, has changed but my Bible would be open while I'm sleeping at night. I struggled with fear for years. I struggled with fear for years. And then I started sleeping with the word of God. There's power. I can't explain it. It's not mystical. It's the word of God. And if Jesus was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and we have this word in our hands, use it open it. I have a girlfriend who was praying over her teen daughter for years and her daughter was saved as a child and going through, we know, 
we have those same prayers. One day a daughter went to school, her freshman, I believe it was her freshman year. She goes up to her daughter's room without her daughter knowing it because her daughter was at school and she opened up the Bible and she slid it under her bed on the floor, kept a Bible open there for years. The little girls in college today, we're still praying over this little girl, but she's getting nicer and softer and her ears are starting to open. I'm not sharing her name, but if you will pray for her right now, there is power when this Bible opens, open the Bible, take it with you, open it. Even if you don't have time to read it, even if you have to sleep, <laughs> open the word of God. Step three, whenever you have time, read it, read it. You're like, but I read it in the corner. Okay. The corner is an hour of your day or 20 minutes of your day or five minutes of your day. What happens if you put five minutes an hour or one verse every time you have a minute? What happens? You're like, but I've got the Bible app. Bible app is great. It's wonderful. Use your Bible app. But there's something in this tangible gift. And if we are the light of the world, how easy it is is the light of the world when we have our sword with us. Doesn't it make it easier? It keeps our head focused on what's around me. When I'm talking to people, and this is in my hand, it keeps my conversation focused on what's right. When I'm at a coffee shop at a meeting, it keeps me centered on, okay, we could talk about 29,000 things, but let's focus on what matters. Be the light of the world and take the light with you. Take the sword with you. Does that make sense? It's a simple truth, but oh, so powerful. Such a powerful, powerful truth. I'm going to finish reading these verses and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will speak the words that each of us need to hear. I'm going to read verse 14, 15, and 16, and then I'm going to close in prayer. Matthew 5, 14. This is your verse. This is about you. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor Father God, I pray that you will speak. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but people light a lamp and they put it on a stand. And that light that's on a stand gives light to all that is in the house. You are the light of the world. Verse 16, it says in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and that they may, that they, whoever they may be, that they may give glory to your father who is in heaven. Oh, Father God, how you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world and you love the world so dearly that you gave your son to be the savior of the world. And those of us that believe on Jesus' death and burial and Jesus' resurrection have eternal life. Father God, you've promised that we will not perish, but we have a life eternal. And that life eternal begins now. It begins today. It begins this very moment. We get to live the eternity that is called your life every single day of our life, every moment of our life. And we get to live it with your identity of being the light. Father God, I pray to help us to love the world like you love the world.
I pray that from the depths of my personal heart, that you will put your love for the world in my heart, that my eyes will see the world as you see the world, as a world that needs Jesus more than they need anything else. God, thank you. Thank you for your love, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for your light. Holy Spirit, thank you for being so present that we don't have to do this lesson alone. We thank you that you get to, that you would choose to stay with us, to be our guide, our comforter, to be this, the, the scripture within us while we take the scripture with us. I pray that you will train our hands to hold the word of God, train our hearts to glean from the word of God, train our eyes to read the word of God, train our hearts to embrace the word of God. I pray that the word of God will become so indwelling within our soul that there's nothing else that is allowed in us for your light shines in the very house of our body, the very house of our home, the very house of our city, the very house of our nation. Father God, we are the light of the world. Help us to stand as we are. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to receive a copy of the guide for this study, or you would like us to pray for you, send us an email at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.